Hello and welcome to She Runs Government Dialogues. I'm Angelica Aribam, the founder of Fun First Foundation. We are a non-profit, non-partisan organization working to amplify women's political leadership in India through capacity building and mentorship. She Runs Government Dialogues is one of our initiatives where we bring in political leaders from across the world to come together on a platform and discuss how to advance women's political leadership. In this episode, we have four very prominent women political leaders who will discuss the, about the challenges they have faced as a woman in Indian politics. Our first panelist is Atishi. She is an MLA from the Amadmi Party in Delhi. Our next panelist is Jyoti Mani. She is a member of parliament in the Lok Sabha representing the Congress Party. Our third panelist is Priyanka Chaturvedi. She is a member of parliament in the Rajya Sabha representing the Shiv Sena. Last but not the least is Lalita Kumara Mangalam. She is a former chief of the National Commission for Women and a member of the BJP. The session is being moderated by Ms. Patmaja Joshi of Times Now. Over to you, Patmaja. Much everyone. Thank you. A uh, special mention for uh, Angelica. I think this is a very, very important conversation to have, and uh, I wish you the very best of luck. You know, I I don't think there is uh, any other way to begin this conversation today except to talk about what happened today and the the case of a young girl who was uh, burnt alive today in Unnao. She is still alive. She is critical. She has suffered over seventy percent burns. And the one thing that I heard in the in the morning today, which I think all of us must hear, because disturbing as it is. it just brings home what women go through but we never realize because it happens in some very far off place the eyewitness the man who first saw this young girl as she was burning and running she ran for a kilometer on foot looking for an ambulance looking for help he said today on tv that when i saw her running towards me i got so scared i thought she was a witch because she was so charred that i picked up a lathi and i told her to turn away because she was really scaring me and in hearing that man the only thing i could think of is this if looking at her was making him feel mortally afraid can you imagine what that woman was going through at that point of time who was in flames and running seeking help for a kilometer and the tragedy is not what has happened to her what happened in hyderabad what happened in polachi what happened in coimbatore but the tragedy is and i want to start by opening it up to you jyotimani because you actually brought about an adjournment motion in parliament to talk about this and about polachi is the is the absolute normalization of violence against women from a chief minister of telangana who says that the most natural thing for women to do to stay safe is to not work after 8 pm or for the home minister to say oh maybe she should have just called her father or a sister instead of calling or she should have called up a helpline instead of calling up her father or calling up her sister why does no one even wins or the political system even think twice or skip a beat before being so blase about sexual violence see electoral politics and other issues unfortunately we kept it separate when comes to electoral politics first where we are all hearing this vulnerability second thing when we even in going to violence even the manifestos respective of parties when we give a manifesto to people when the manifestos comes into discussions i you see my state is known for manifestos freebies so th- this women safety or women empowerment or women equality is not even in the top 10 it's very unfortunate when the discussion happened generally lot of women these days are coming forward to vote more in my election i have seen uh, uh, they are actually would like to have more women candidates in i can pretty much say that actually out of 100 women coming out of to vote they might have 92 93 people might have voted to me that one had a huge margin 
So now things is I feel slowly changing from the people side. But coming to the political parties and the organizations, actually we still is not started reflecting upon why should we feel such kind of candidates. Then we if even you leave the candidates there were even if we are not winning the seat one or two times, what's wrong with that? Actually, every seat is very important. I'm also into electoral politics, I know. But there are times we should take calls. We keep on uh, going for a double speak. On, on one side, we are speaking about woman empowerment. Other side, actually, uh, we cannot, uh, every, irrespective of party, but comment maybe varies which organization or which ideology you are supporting or you are standby. So maybe some ideology aggressively um, put forward the comment against women. Some people are less people or some people within some organizations actually they are less aggressive. Um, the, I will not say every organization, one or two, three more or more people, actually they are very patriarchal. So, so the, the, the only way out which I have seen, the lot of woman has to come forward. Priyanka was there, me was there, she was there. So we are all start fighting inside the Congress party. Now the Youth Congress has a Visaka committee. I'm also a member of that. So any kind of, uh, not even harassment, the woman obviously wearers are uncomfortable with working with the man on some point. They can come and com complain to us. We have received two, three complaints and we inquired it. So when women getting major roles, when we started decide the offers of the party to certain extent at least, we can make a credible change. This not happened overnight. Visaha committee, even even police department Tamil Nadu last time, an IPS officer, woman IPS officer, gone through a sexual harassment through a fellow IPS, senior IPS officer. Then we all came to know that there is no Visaha committee in the police department. So within even in such a situation, within the political party, in a traditional political system like India, pushing through the Visaha committee is not an easy thing. They're all male who have supported it. So if I put it very bluntly, we are still at literally taking baby steps within your own, own parties. Party. The other but parties doesn't even have that. Hmm. So every so we have to put forward every time we have to fight. Hmm. But in electoral electoral politics, to put it very crudely, this is all tokenism. Nobody really cares a damn about someone being a sexual offender. There were nine people who were fielded, nine people who had themselves declared <coughs> that they had cases of rape pending against them who fielded in the Lok Sabha. And some of them won. Actually, I think that the word that you use, normalization, I think that is really one of the most important things we have to understand. And it's not just normalization when an incident like now happens. Normalization starts much earlier. Normalization starts when at the end of the road there are three boys standing, passing lewd comments at girls. And we all accept that it's okay. And no one really takes a stand and does something about it. And the advice that girls are often given, just take the other route, ignore them, and don't look at them. It's normalization when women travel in DTC buses and are groped on an everyday basis. When anyone who lives in Delhi and has traveled in DTC buses known that it is par for the course. And no action is taken, and that is normalization. And so when the boys in the locality think that a lewd comment elicits no response, when groping in a bus elicits no response, then finally you reach a point where such brutal sexual violence also will, you would get away with it. Mm -hmm. And it is this normalization that you see in politics as well. And, you know, sometimes we discuss this entire issue. It's supposed of, to be different. I mean, politic, politicians are supposed to be more evolved or so we would like to believe. And that's why they represent us. No, absolutely. And I think that it's not just a question of of course, politics needs to change. But I think that we need to understand that, forget being a woman in politics. Politics is probably far more difficult than other fields. For a woman, I've seen so many of my friends and colleagues who studied with me, who have to plan their careers thinking that let me not have children till I touch a certain age, till I become a partner in my law firm, till I become a partner in my investment bank. Because if I have children and I need to take a year off, I'm not going to reach the mark. And politics is even more complex than that. That's still a mainstream career. In politics, you have 24-7 professions. In politics, you're always out of the house. In politics, you never know what is going to happen at the next step. So if mainstream careers are still difficult for women to have, politics, unfortunately, is far more challenging. And I think that is really something that we all collectively need to think about. And it is very unfortunate that when parties don't even think twice about fielding the kind of people that they do. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
if there is one thing that needs to come out of what we have seen in the past one week, the kind of outrage, it is the demand from citizens that pol political parties <coughs> do not field candidates who are accused of crimes against women. And unless we can do that, then outrage may last a few days and it'll probably get over soon, but nothing actually changes. But as Jyoti Mani said, winnability is the criteria. You're spending so much money and every seat matters. So it doesn't matter if the man has a criminal background, as long as he wins, as long as he gets you 272, that's all that matters. With your vast experience, have you seen any change at all over the years in your party, in politics in general? Um, you know, I'm known to be too brutally frank, so let me be my usual self. Um, not really. Uh, most of the changes are cosmetic. Uh, there is, uh, uh, in the BJP, there is uh, reservation at the party level, but it's certainly not there in the distribution of tickets. Um, possibly one of, according to me, the best things that happened in India politically was the reservation at the panchayat level. We have some 13 lakh odd women at the <coughs> panchayat level and as uh, Rajiv said, um, there are more than 50% uh, women at the panchayat level, both as members and as panchayat pradhans. Mm -hmm. Now statistically, the pradhans and women members have done more work for their communities than have men. Uh, maybe smaller ticket work, but more uh, work that has uplifted the communities economically, educationally, in every other way. But that doesn't seem to matter. Um, also, you will find that, uh, you know, patriarchy in this country runs very, very deep. It starts with the lack of toilets for political workers. All four of us here will tell you that. When we go on campaign, we don't drink water. Because where's the loo? Yeah. Okay? You don't talk about having your periods. I know a huge number of women who take those, whatever those pills are. Fortunately, I'm beyond that age now, but I had to go through it too. And you don't complain about it. Mm -hmm. You manage with combi flama, crocin, or whatever it is, and you just grit your teeth and go on. And it, it, normalization starts from there, not even the buses and the, you know, even women uh, think twice before they ask for something that should be a very normal, natural demand. Mm -hmm. And even women are not always empathetic. I wouldn't say even, I'd say many women, most women are not empathetic. Of the four of us, I don't know which of us had had a female mentor in politics, quite frankly. As a spokesperson, it was Arun Jaitley who really groomed all of us. And um, I'm not saying that I don't have friends uh, in my own party who are women or even across other parties. But women tend not to, sorry, not to mentor other women, and I don't know why. Now, um, it's also true that, uh, um, you see, because all of us, every person is ambitious in their career. So you make compromises. And that's a mistake, according to me. Uh, but it's also true that if you don't make compromises, often your chances of climbing the ladder are scuttled. Uh, whether it's by a man or a woman doesn't make a difference. I have said this many, many times, that patriarchy is so deep in this country, it's not just the men who are patriarchal. There are far too many women who are patriarchal. Uh, and uh, we don't address that ourselves. But when you talk about making compromises, does that compromise also include when something blatantly sexist or misogynist is said in your Absolutely. party, in your presence? Absolutely. And you just keep Most of us have gone through it, and I think we react <laughs> almost according to the reaction. Or we know we pay the price for it. If you're ready for it, then yeah, we, 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 do, we do react negatively and we can be aggressive, etc. But uh, I think almost everybody, if we're really brutally honest with ourselves, at some stage or, or, or the other, mm -hmm. if it's not overtly sexual, you just say, you know, they're all like this, they're all dogs sort of thing, and let it go. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sorry to be so blunt, but uh, <laughs> you know, that's how it is, and I think in almost every career. Um, and uh, as she was saying, if you know um, what one calls a normal career where you get paid for things, etc., uh, you tend to put your own needs, your own um, desires, or whatever it is, and all desires don't have to be sexual. The other thing is the overt sexualization of every career woman. Hmm. How you dress, what you look like, what makeup you on, are you wearing lipstick, are you wearing perfume, what bag do you carry, is your, I mean, you know, are you wearing a costly enough sari? Everything is about the, the it's very facile. It's very, um, uh, how do you say it? Uh, you know, what is on the outside. Nobody really 
wants an aggressive competent woman as a partner mm. you know in fact it's okay if she's subordinate partner yeah. i mean there are lots of question you know, marks in indian politics that image of a woman that i want to talk Big about uh, in in detail later but since you said that you know you make compromises there was a point at which you decided to not make a compromise anymore why is that no i personally believe that if you do not sell uh, stand up for your own self respect yeah. you cannot stand up for all the ideas that you're going on talking about about your own idea of india and if you are self not convinced about what is happening around you and you let the normalization that we are talking about how blase people are and just because you challenge that status quo and you challenge that normalization i was shocked that i got uh, comments which said no no there has to be a bigger reason why she's left yeah. there has to be a reason why she's gone maybe she didn't get a ticket or oh, she didn't get a ticket from mumbai northwest maybe she was seeking a ticket from where urmila matonkar was seeking a ticket maybe she's going for a better deal somewhere i was doing nothing of that i was just going because i wanted my son to know that no lady should be willing to compromise to make space for him or no and my daughter should know that she's never ever going to compromise on her self respect because of whatever is being thrown at her and that is what was my breaking point and i i would say that um people can continue to question it people can continue to ask me what i've done why i've done and whether i've compromised but i think i've come across as a better stronger woman after the decision i've taken and um being able to contribute more significantly in challenging the status quo that prevails for women in politics challenging the status quo of this entire normalization that you know a man can get away by saying any kind of nasty things to you he can enter into your be- bedroom he can say all the kinds of possible i'm sorry i'm using that word and yet he gets a ticket because he has more chances to win he lost his deposit and that is the truth so i was not willing to um, you know follow politics the way it's uh, traditionally followed i've challenged the status quo i face the brunt of it and time will tell whether i did the right thing or the wrong thing really as of today do you regret it do you wish that no way not at all i do not regret any decision i've taken because every decision i've taken has been on my own terms and conditions many times people tell me oh look this political party made you i i beg to slightly differ because i was already writing columns I was already appearing on television and yes I also contributed significantly to that political party at a time when the party saw its worst out of the 100 spokespersons they have why is it that Priyanka made it to the front page of every single newspaper after she chose to quit so I know what I'm bringing to the table I know what I contributed I have absolutely no regrets to what I've done I've learned a lot I have immense respect for the people who have taught me in my journey and i said that as much in my resignation letter and i don't regret one bit of it i'm happy where i am good for you jyoti mani is are women a liability since atishi uh, you know brought up that point about how women have to plan their career according to you know where they would be in their lives at that time i know it happens in most professions where it is said that Oh, why should we hire you tomorrow you're going to have a family you're going to have a baby we'll invest in you then you'll run away and you have a 24/7 <coughs> job is that why there aren't so many women because who wants to invest in them maybe they won't be able to go out and do your padyatra because they'll have to sit at home with their baby see it's a much complex affair actually when i started uh, so from panchayat at the age of 21 i don't even realize the importance of getting into electoral politics because there is a water issue dalit people are, are discriminated uh, they are not given water drinking water in my village where our people have a lot of drinking water overflowing drinking water so that point of time i thought it's an injustice i my uh, so if there is a power i can change the situation that's what my simple thought that time the 33% everyone dalit well, talks about without 33% reservation in the panchayat i might not be sitting here Even with the 33 person i gone through literally a drama when i decided to contest the panchayat election the one month actually everybody came to my home i don't even know there are my relatives some of them my mother didn't know <laughs> so one month i got free advices and all the more this politics is not a place for a fa- woman and good family woman then some some finally they said kaliyugam i don't know what to say in hindi kaliyugam that's the end of the world so the kaliyugam came finally only woman can contest in the seat even the reservation seat 
so i gone through so much uh, so then i realized that actually when we started fighting uh, the water issue it's a very 15 days of uh, technical job somebody has to put an order somebody has to take a tender they have to lay the pipeline that's it but it's not worked in that way it's a very complex system because we, we all other people that time my party chairman was in the council Uh, so everybody was actually colluding i don't even know actually they are colluding against me because i was so naive in 21 just got out of college i never have idea how the society how political system right simply jump into it <laughs> i don't even literally swimming <laughs> so then i realized that slowly because that time i said i said i i'm not someone easily compromised from my childhood so i just started fighting i fought, i fought for 3 years just just 15 days job we finally did it so then i realized that actually you woke up at 6 o'clock i was Late, lazy college students i'm only daughter i i brought up a single mother so she cannot say no to you so i do all kind of blackmail against my mother because amma <laughs> 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 i'm only daughter to you why are you scolding me and all i'll do all nice stuff because because i guess later the doll given back by other people in the politics how <laughs> i exploit my mother so then i realized that 6 o'clock in the morning there will be people at your home then you end up in uh, coming to so i i am coming from a very normal political party my broad based single mother we don't have very big financial of course we have ancestral lands and all we don't have regular big incomes so i use public transport my we live in a village the public transport last bus come at 10 o'clock so i came to from karur and sitting in the 10 o'clock bus you reach at 11 o'clock so then i i have a reading habit i was um, at that time i was started i was a budding writer now i stopped writing so then i read at 2 o'clock 2 o'clock then i hardly sleep two hours then i slowly slowly i go first first term over so i thought i, I my mother by the time my mother wanted to get married because nobody was to tell me she always upset with my electoral deputy and all though she was supported me without her actually i mean like when rajiv goda is about to cry actually i control myself because i lost her on and off years back she was like a backbone to me bring and all everybody knows that she is someone actually who never uh, take regret for anything in her life she never cries Uh, she's very courageous lady so i i as what she says she's a role model to me so so then i realized that actually having an office and marriage is impossible so i told my mother wait i'll finish 5 years then also i'll 26 only then i have no other option there are sand mining issue we are fighting against the ruling government that time alliance dmk so i got into sand mining struggle it's a life risk you got into sand mining in tamil nadu because we fought that struggle in between i cannot left so i fought the second election and we fought the sand mining struggle so in the next 5 years 10 years then i realized marriage is too big for me i can't get into that because you can neither justify this not justify that so then you forced to make choice but i never regret for not doing it sometimes i feel that that is uh, it's, it's my personal opinion not an offense to anyone but many times i thought that's the only best decision i made in my life <laughs> Many of my colleagues in the politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Many of my colleagues in the politics endorse that. Married colleagues yeah. endorse it later. Uh, so, <laughs> so then, then there are choice. Then the main thing we used to discuss. There are a lot of financial thing involved. How you get to transport, yeah. where you stay. Because it's not a paid job. Then the people like me never compromise with anything. We are on own terms. So it's very. I'm like a nomad actually from my childhood. I'm like that. So I have a lot of friends and related. I I land up in any house at any point of time. Everybody knows that I need small place to uh, sleep and or some whatever they give they eat. Difficult with North Indian food, of course. <laughs> I think the kind of applause you've gathered here in the room pretty much is an endorsement of your view. Thank But you. that's so a lot of a lot of struggle. A lot of we we may joke around people like us, hmm. but it's very yeah. difficult. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. there are time when we walk in youth congress, we walk round the clock, hmm. then we end up in coming to the train because we don't have a flight tickets. We used hmm. to have get train trains. So I I'll come from Assam, tired with some 10 hours journey. I'll I land up in uh, this railway station at 11:30 in the morning. Literally I don't know where to go. Hmm. But then we that then 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 in charge is mr gandhi so because he was an in charge then we told him this is how we go through then he sensible enough to understand this kind of thing so he made some arrangements stay and all but now literally we are out of power literally my colleagues are again become like that 
so it's very difficult for women financially yeah. emotionally uh, practically to uh, sustain yeah. the politics 23 years for me you look back if you wanted me start from the beginning at the 21 i will bluntly say no i can't hmm. and why should you have to make that choice how many women how many men are there in politics who had to make that choice between say a and marriage politics. and politics so men don't say, don't <laughs> rajya gonna say don't make it an offense so men go, see men fix their times nobody expect men to no wife uh, actually they are, they are they are trained in a way that actually you should not expect <laughs> husband to come at this time so they cannot say why these people are coming to your uh, house coming to your bedroom and all so no wife can i know colleague from dmk my my uh, my relative my she keep on complain me this guy bring everybody into bedroom that the house is like i don't have any place she keep complain to me you go and tell your husband no no i can't tell him no he is a man he she says so men don't have such kind of problem they don't need to take care of kids this many men do because politics because every woman has to understand the wife has to understand she is a busy man then she supposed to support him but no husband is drained in the way that you you have a career wife a politician yes, so I, wife i remember vasundhara raju ji saying the same yes, thing exactly yes. i was about to come to that yes. you know what she said was so just, pertinent absolutely. because she said that i am called an 8 pm just for those who don't know she no, said i am called an 8 pm chief minister because people think that you know i am arrogant so i shut myself in my house her point was i cannot have men walking into my house at any time of day or night just like male politicians can like she said male politicians can usher people into their bedroom and have a darbar there mm. a woman can't and even if she wants to she'll be judged for it yeah of course is no absolutely and i think that as i think i keep going back to the same thing I think that let us not believe that we are living in an equal world. Yeah. Let us not believe yeah. that anything for women is equal and that's the harsh reality of it. I think that if it was many of us wouldn't be in politics in the first place if everything was all fine and that Dalits would not have had a water issue in the village that Jyoti was from or if that women had equal rights in terms of access to education to employment to healthcare. If all of those things were in place, I would prefer. I would have preferred not to have a yeah, life in politics. Yeah. I would have preferred to have a life yeah. where I worked only uh, seven, eight hours a day and <laughs> got back home in time and got eight hours of sleep every night. But the fact is, we stay in an we live in an unequal world. But you fought elections. I, Did you face something like this, where you felt constrained as a candidate of equal participation? So I think that I think many of us who are sitting here, I would personally consider myself as someone coming from a very privileged background, and so do. I may not come from a political family as many women politicians do but I definitely come from a privileged background that I have lived in a city like Delhi that I have family that is open and happy to be my my being in politics not asking questions about what time of day or night I'm coming in the fact that I come from some of the best institutions in the country all of that makes it much easier to make these choices <laughs> but yes of course I think that I think as I said I'm I've been brought up in Delhi and as a woman who lives in Delhi you are always aware of the fact that you're a woman mm -hmm. and when you step out of your home when you step into a bus what time of day or time night you're getting back home and so personally to me politics has been no different mm -hmm. in fact uh, I I'm happy to say that I don't endorse some of the things that they said that we have all faced difficulties I've never faced any difficulties being a woman inside my own party in fact if anything I have always found supportive colleagues who have made it easier uh because there is always a question how will what time will you get back home what are the arrangements going to be so in that sense I would say that I have been fortunate within the party uh not to face any kind of sexism or any kind of misogynistic comments mm. but the fact is that in the public domain once you are in politics it's free for all anything can say any any anyone can say anything they want for example in my own election mm. there was this horrible misogynistic sexist pamphlet that was put out a few days before the election and uh, one leader from mam's party uh, actually came on television and repeated some of those contents and asked a question where is her husband why don't we see him campaigning for her now for any male politician If his wife was not if no if his wife was not interested in politics and chose not to campaign it's not something that a male politician would ever be asked mm. but this is a question that women would be would always be asked mm. and this is something that a male politician thinks that they can get on prime time television and give a bite on television camera mm. but i think that i mean there's two ways that one can take something like this one way is to think that we can't deal with it life is difficult but the fact is life is difficult 
it is an unequal world and you have to go out there and change it and this is how it is you know on that and campaign just one thing sorry. that i would one more thing that i think there are for anyone who is in politics and i say this for men and women politics is a very grueling profession but i think that this is one of the things that personally sustains me as well a few days ago i was in a program there was a school inauguration in this resettlement colony called trilokpuri in delhi and the audience consisted mostly of women there were young girls who were studying in that school or students or their mothers 70 80% of the audience was women but i was the only woman on stage and i think it's extremely important for their for women to battle it out and become role models because for all of those women who are sitting in the audience i think it does give courage to see that there is in that position what is a position of power there is a woman who's out there mm-hmm. and i think that is what makes the daily struggles worth it and you are their voice so they may be voiceless in their own houses but by virtue of you being on that panel you are their voice you know on that campaign i have to ask you because the thing is that the converse argument which was made during that campaign was during your campaign that you're playing the woman card and why why not fight on an equal keel why make it into a man versus woman issue because it was <laughs> <laughs> i mean can i also add to that why we should we fight on an even keel when it's not even yeah it's nowhere near being even it's totally uneven so why do you want me to fight only me mm-hmm. men don't fight on even keel why should i full stop you want equality no, i'll give you equality mm-hmm. yeah then we decide our strategy Yeah. <laughs> But having said Sorry that, about reaching out co- to your constituency. <laughs> coming back to what I said, I think that I didn't start that discussion. Hmm. It was these pamphlets started reaching people's homes. They were sent by post to RWA presidents and market association presidents. And the interesting thing is, people in my campaign, colleagues in my campaign, knew of those pamphlets at least three days before I did. They got it. Male colleagues who did not have the courage to come and show. me the kind of filth that was written in that pamphlet mm. and uh, so it was not us who started it so i think that we had a choice to make we could have either sort of pushed it under the carpet and pretended it did not exist or we could have called it out and the reason that we chose to call it out is because these things happen to every woman who steps out in the public domain i was recently some journalist got in touch and she told me that there is apparently there's a list of top 10 most trolled women yeah, politicians amnesty yeah <laughs> and the fact that such a list exists but there also i know so they were asking me some questions that how do you react to trolling and i was thinking i react to trolling in exactly the same way as i've always been told to react mm-hmm. that when you step out of the home don't look at the guys who comment at you mm-hmm. so that's what we do with trolls as well on internet i told them i enter twitter i tweet and i leave i never see the comments because that's that's the normalization and training and conditioning that i've had ever since i've been a young girl bhai ignore kar do so how many on this panel are on that list uh, i am on that list clearly you're on that list also well done well done <laughs> uh you know does it make you angry that this kind of thing happens and it's part for the course but don't say i'm now over 60 so nothing makes me angry that you know <laughs> i know it's i know it's reality and i often find anger is a very futile um, um, exercise you waste so much time being angry that you don't actually <coughs> deal with it and you know the the guy or the woman from the other side actually wants to rile you up is it you because i'll, I'll be honest with you okay with with politicians mm. two three things that make me really mad for example okay. there is one gentleman <laughs> two three things i'm very like particular so, <laughs> so there is there's this one mp who every time and including also the entire discussion that was happening in parliament mm. during the anti rape law he spoke of stalking then he spoke to smriti irani and no one stood up and argued with him you know so one is this fatalistic approach you say that you know we don't want to get angry and you no, only no, no, sort no, of you know no. it's getting dated by that you don't get angry the the best way to deal with somebody is to be extremely sarcastic and cutting but nobody is sarcastic the they, they don't understand what there. you're saying so it goes over their head but you get what you want to say across most audiences understand it uh unfortunately the average uh, level of our politicians uh, or our mps and politicians uh, is not really you know that high so i'm sorry i'm sorry so it may well go over their head uh, but it doesn't matter you've said what you want to say and you've got it out of your system the trick is to keep your voice very low and not shout the moment you shout they sing ah ha ha you know got a reaction cc i mean we are such a hero 
so yeah. you don't want to let them feel that, like they're big heroes so you may you put them down in different ways mm. but uh, it's not easy i mean at my age i've learned to control my temper but i wouldn't blame you know the other three on the panel for right, losing their temper with something like the meditation this. course <laughs> <laughs> so you learn this uh, you learn the 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 the, uh, the word that rajiv used was resilience you have to be extraordinarily resilient for a woman in politics okay. otherwise just don't get into it it's not an ordinary career it's a very tough very dirty i would say sometimes career but it, it if you can if you can make it it's an extraordinarily rewarding career also that's something that i think we have not looked at every one of the four of us will tell you that of course we've had our ups and our downs but it's also very very rewarding like for atishi when she sees women in the audience for me it's since 91 i've worked with i mean across the gamut uh, sex workers uh, whatever i mean everybody so i know how women react and how much they want another woman whom they feel they can even talk to which is never there like i was telling you i'm very open about everything the moment everybody knew that i had had cancer the number of people who just call me up sometimes and i'm saying ha kon bol rahe madam ji aapka number idhar se udhar se somewhere and then i said acha baat kya hai you get used to you know strangers calling up you get sometimes i do get irritated and he says nahi madam ji main na yahan wo gaya tha aims ke cancer ke ward mein then i calm down and say okay poch up probably just want some advice so um there is such a need in india for somebody just to talk to people on ordinary everyday issues that most women are sort of wired almost to deal with that and if we stop wanting to always compete with men on men's terms you'll find that you're much happier much more comfortable you end up getting your work done and ultimately it is uh, very satisfying i'm not saying other jobs are i haven't been in other jobs and i came to politics very late after i was 40 I wish I had, you know, like Jyotimani had my illusions intact when I came into <laughs> politics. But um, it it is it can be a very rewarding career, but you need an enormous amount of resilience. And I wish that across the board, women could bond together. Politics yeah. is such a thing that That's you know, it's very difficult for. In I mean, all of us get along. We are all, and Jyoti, I've known her for donkey's years, you know. But. Uh, If you're BJP Congress, Shiv Sena, somebody else. I mean, sorry. Uh, now it's uh, I don't know whether to be good or bad. <laughs> but you can but, be good. Uh, in, of course, never know what happens. Yeah. This kind of diverse panel to get male politicians would be far more difficult. So there would be more women across political lines who can sit together and talk about something Maybe like this. Maybe it's because we are all still so few of us. So we understand that we've you know, got to stand but, together. But, you know. Um, I would say something here. Uh, firstly, about resilience. Of course, resilience um, is something which uh, a woman. when she enters politics she has to be prepared for the second thing that atishi said that i get into twitter i say what i want to and then yeah. out of it perhaps i chose the other route maybe it's a delhi thing that you know learn to ignore all the uh, you know cat calls that are coming your way it's a very mumbai thing to fight it out we are the street fighters <laughs> so we want to fight this out i i'm not going to take this lying down i i probably i'm an amnesty list because i'm hitting out at the trolls all the time and i'm making them pay a price for whatever they're saying and because normalization is not good we cannot continue to normalize this behavior and we need to fight this out so for for whatever challenges we face i think it is time we started as women leaders women who are in positions of power to challenge the status quo that exists now her opponent could have chosen to hit out at her on the various works she has done or various works that she is promising mm. but he chose to hit at her because she is a woman and the easiest thing to do is slander her and slander whatever she stands for was the easiest method So let's not make that the easiest method. We'll fight it out on our own terms and conditions. And this is one thing I've been talking that it has to go beyond our political ideologies. Mm-hmm. It has to go beyond your poli- our political parties for women to become a critical mass voice to be able to leverage their position not just in uh, the panchayat that we are speaking about, assemblies, parliament and when we raise our voices together in unison for each other. Mm-hmm. There's no might in the world that is going yeah. to stop us from being spoken uh, from being able to speak and being heard but you know you, you you can snap at trolls can you snap at someone in your own party because then you'll just be dismissed as a troublemaker uh so quite snap. true that's <laughs> part of your no but that's why i said that's part snap. of your Learned job are you pms in priyanka part of your job you have to deal with it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's that's, so that's the easiest answer are you pms in priyanka within your own party yeah yeah of course yeah. so i go oh no this is not going right and this is not the way it should be you're pmsing we'll talk about this later no 
You cannot be talking about anything later that I bring to the table because it is about work. Mm. But then it becomes about, oh, it's a very personality trait of a woman to come and scream, screech, or have a point mm. because she's probably, <laughs> during that monthly cycle, she has her own <laughs> issues. Yeah. So, well, yeah. people who are not women seem to know more about how women's bodies function, exactly. but that's another yeah. story altogether. All right, I think uh, we'll take a few questions from the audience as well. Um, anyone who wants to ask a question, please raise your hand, identify yourself, and ask your question. Please keep it short. Uh, the lady here. Uh, and a year ago, we saw Me Too, right? Uh, we saw women calling out men. And uh, I agree that not much, not much action has been taken on those men. They are very much still there. Nothing has happened. Padmaja would be knowing more about it than me. But, you know, at least there's a fear now. We have MPs, we have members, we have members like Sengar, Chinmayanand. They are there in the party. Every day we have five cases of rape coming up and we have people sitting in the parliament. But we don't see any kind of movement. I mean, I don't see any one woman politician coming up and boycotting it. Mm. Leave Twitter and everything. There's, there's nothing, not even a conversation. Would you like to take that I question? I think, um, you know, politics has become such a space where women, when they raise their voices, I mean, it, either they're absolutely fearless about the consequences of it. Let me just give an example. I'll not get into my past or whatever. But there was an example where some incidents were brought forward within the party forum about an issue. You can handle it right there. As a woman who's come, in, come out and spoken about it, you, you could have handled. But she was silenced. And there were so many words. And you know, when you would read that entire thing, and then it came to you, and then you were left with no support. This is what is going to end up happening if we do not speak up. And I, I have been uh, talking about this even on television, that all women across political parties, even that one voice, comes forward and speaks, and there are other women supporting her. An interesting statistic which I would want to bring to your notice is that more than 19% of candidates who were given tickets during this Lok Sabha elections had uh, uh, you know, records of crimes against women. There were about 19% or more. And the women who are elected into the parliament, and we are big talking about it as a historic uh, representation, is 14%. And in that, in itself, you will have your answer why women even when in positions of power, are choosing silence for their own party colleagues. That is the uh, unfortunate truth. Uh, that lady there. Actually, let's get it to the gentleman there. What is one message that you would like to give women back in Tamil Nadu to come forward and contest an election? So, like, what, you have faced a like, lot of challenges over the period, like, you know, like 20 years or like, okay, if the message is really going to help, like, they can come, like, another five years or two years or something like that. Okay. So I just want to... In my opinion, it's much easier to contest in Panjayat election once you decided to contest. Especially women. Every other political party search for a woman candidate one night before the nomination. <laughs> Otherwise, they will find somebody's wife or somebody's sister. <laughs> so I, uh, so I, when I went there, actually, nobody uh, thinks actually I, I should be given. I said, give me the ticket. No, you don't have anybody else. That's how I approached the Congress party because I don't want to contest the other two parties. They are willing to give ticket to me. So that part very easy. Not only women. So I just... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I, I don't like, I, I, I don't want to go to other two parties because I, I chose to contest independently, even I chose the symbol. Okay. Then finally, in the 4.30 4 in the morning, Congress party came that I will give you a ticket. So what was your symbol? Huh? What is the symbol you have chosen for? No, I was a mango. I am a big fan of mango. The real Amadmi. The real, I am a big fan of mango. So, finally, I contested in that time cycle. So, not only in women, Especially the youngsters, I would like to request all the youngsters, you please fight in local body elections. Because at the age of 21, many people don't even know that at the age of 21, once you complete 21, you can fight in local body election. Actually, that's where actually you learn things. You really want to work for the people. You really want to know the system. You really want to change the system. You, you should know the system first. So now no collector dare to lie. So because I came from that route, I know where this system um, make things wrong, where they hide, they, where they <coughs> lie to you, where they try to manage you and all. Mm -hmm. So that's where actually you, make, you can make a real change because Panjayat president is the only person who has a, a signature in the check. Mm -hmm. No, no, even prime minister, chief minister cannot. That much power actually, uh, though Tamil Nadu yeah. power is a bit reduced to the Panjayat, still we have more power. Not only women, 
youngsters, especially aspiring for political career, would like to serve on public office, even public service, right place to get into that. Still, you want to do whatever you want. After five years, you can choose your life uh, career. Why are women always represented in politics in a certain way? You always, you can't just be Jyoti Mani or Atishi or Miss Lalita Kumara Mangalam or Priyanka. You, you have, no, you have to be Didi or you have to be Amma or you have to be Behenji. Why is it? Why does this have to be a, some sort of a familial relationship? Why? This need to add a tag. Yeah, why? So I have seen many women in the politics, from Indira Gandhi to Jailalita and Maya, Didi and all. So they have to be so-called iron ladies. So you have to be normal and uh, like compassionate or something. These still leaders are compassionate. But somehow this, as you said, how Jailalita deal men. Uh, unless until you are not that iron lady, it's very difficult to survive in politics. Very few examples, uh, like Mrs. Gandhi, very few examples actually uh, out of that court, Sushma Swaraj and all. But very, even we met, I recently met the uh, former president of Lithuania. So she is known as an iron lady. So we have, I asked her why the uh, woman political leaders either to be, uh, we are discarded or should be iron lady. So, <laughs> so there is nothing in between actually. No, I, I keep wondering about it. I beg to differ. Sushma Swaraj was the real in between. Okay. She is enjoying her karvachoth. She's enjoying, she's like very reaching out. Even Sonia Gandhi is not yes. known as an iron lady. It's not just about the iron lady, it's about the ability to give a sense of confidence to people that we are in this for the long run. We know what we are talking, we know what we are bringing to the table, and we will do it with all honesty of purpose and intent. You go to the, the chief minister chair or a prime minister chair, both of them which we think in between are not making to that place. So I, some, something is really, uh, uh, I couldn't understand in the psych. It's, it's happening across the world. Hmm. Okay, last few questions, please. We have often seen that uh, the women representative is, are being targeted on social media, in assemblies or in parliament with personal and, you know, misogynistic remarks. So how easy it is and how hard or hard it is to, you know, carry these emotions at home and, and you know, get up for the, you know, stay spirits high and for the next day, you know, how easy so, or hard like, it is like to... Like I joke on odd days, I'm panotti on even days, I'm a yeah, lucky uh, charm these days. Right. So, <laughs> no, but uh, all I'd like to say is uh, anyone who's followed my journey would know it is all about being all heart and emotional rather than being very logical, very, uh, I would say, uh, sh uh, you know, thinking in terms of how she's progressing or whatever. It was more to do with the passion <laughs> that I brought to the table. And uh, it does hurt me a lot, and I do get emotional many times when I read this, Oh God, I'm a Oh God, I'm a lucky chamu. Oh my God, the kind of memes that you're seeing. Um, but I think, uh, and th this is something I've been saying, uh, people expect women to grow a thick skin. I said, no, uh, we cannot, why should women be expected to grow a thick skin, wear a particular sari, wear a particular bindi? Why can't men become a lot more sensitive to what they are doing in terms of judge, judging these women who are out there in public spaces? So it's become a part of my life. But yes, it does. When I read some of the tweets, I just end up crying also. <laughs> but it, it's part of my life. I've uh, learned to accept and Lucky Charm is because of the yo-yo of The yo-yo of Maharashtra. <laughs> it was very interesting, uh, you know, for, for Shiv Sena <coughs> and Congress to come together in an alliance is historic moment in India's democratic, uh, uh, you know, uh, I would say uh, alliances. It's historic. It's a huge leap of faith for both sides. And for me, having to witness that being part of both the parties at one point in time with the Congress and now with the Shiv Sena, it did, uh, I did attract a lot of attention <laughs> in the last one, one month. Yeah. Very subtly put. All right, last question. Uh, my question uh, is to understand your experiences and views on the congregating that many a times came up in our discussions. And when I say congregating is the, the collectivizing or coming together of women legislators or members of political parties at the various defined levels. Say when we say uh, many African countries or some of the uh, Nordic countries performed very well on indicators of women's political participation, it was the, the women's caucuses played an integral role in that. Even in the subcontinent, India is the only country that misses that out. So a body like that, say at the parliamentary level, 
which which may not be institutionalized also but exist and even at the state and sub-state level with the space for the women legislators to come together across party lines and also you know be able to put forward the voices exactly what we are talking right now into within the institution okay, how much do you think it is actually practical possible in the indian setting and the indian institutional structure that it is possible and very quickly because i've got this opportunity i really want to un also understand through such a body or through any other mechanism there's this one entry point level of the poll booth at the at the very grassroots so we have this 13 lakh women in the panchayat and on average state assemblies like 9% that one linkage it's very less talked about it's your experience you must be how easy difficult definitely it is difficult okay let's talk about what the are parliamentary the possibilities level, parliamentary level assembly level and informal level Blanky, would you like to uh, the panchayat level the there's no reservation above that that's why the moment you yeah there is this gap basically because there isn't reservation if you ask me uh, at the panchayat level like she said without the reservation um, since there is reservation they come to you because they they have to have their women quota filled up uh, but at the other two levels uh, we still have some way to go there is a lack. Not uh, there are very few Jyoti Manis who made it from Panchayat up to MP throughout the country Monty, and throughout parties. I'd like to add in terms of you know how regional parties are showing the way. <coughs> TMC, BJD, they brought in a reservation within their political party. Now in the Shiv Sena, we did realize that women come forward and they're very excited about the idea of contesting the local corporate elections, corporate elections, and beyond that they have cut down their ambition or they haven't thought beyond it. So we are now grooming our women leaders who are corporators already, which is above 50%, grooming them to look at assembly levels, look at being in the parliament. So grooming could also begin at the, uh, you know, at a uh, level of every political party. And caucus, I think, is a brilliant idea, something I've been thinking of, that if I ever get there, that's the first thing I'll do. But uh, don't know the... Your question, Tamil Nadu, when the first time Panjayat election happened, the reservation was five years for women. The woman cutting across the party line, they have a woman uh, Panjoyat elected representative forum. It was quite successful. Actually, they are able to convince Jailulita that the Panjoyat reservation has to be extended another five years. So it works very well. Uh, it worked very well in the past because last five, five years we don't have Panjoyat election in Tamil Nadu. Yeah. The forum is no ex not existing now. But it, it, I think many other states they have tried. The many uh, Kandigram University was facilitated this forum in Tamil Nadu. But I don't think it, the assembly level and parliamentarian level. I am not aware such forums but it's a, it's a, it, many people keep thinking about ideas but maybe cutting across in the Parliament, political do you party. informally sort we, of we have all gel, gel very well together. in the central no, hall do, on, on certain issues other than gelling <laughs> do you sort of all the women <laughs> lobby together no, but I don't think actually when, whenever we when the Tamil Nadu will go for a debate many people think we'll fight with each other so I don't think no yeah, why should we no, but I do remember an incident that happened recently where the, the, the speaker who was a woman hmm. some uh -huh, that time had made some nasty yeah. comments, and all the women parliamentarians got together. And actually, we stood up. So it went beyond political, and that is the movement we need to create, even in the parliament and assembly level, where women make their voices heard, and they made it a one-hour discussion on how you cannot get away by speaking the way you did, and that cut across all political party lines. And I thought that was how you leverage your collective voices and That's make an it happen. You think it should be done at state levels? No, I think that, in fact, your question of is it feasible, I think it is increasingly feasible. Yeah. The reason it's increasingly feasible is because women's issues also cut across party lines. I think those are issues that no one can raise any questions on. Do you need safety for women? Yes. Do you need stringent rape laws? Yes. And so I think that there is whatever, most of the issues that still affect women are now something that no one can debate about. That is this desirable or is this undesirable? And I think that is the reason why it can become more feasible, number one. And number two, I think that it's anything in politics, whether it's feasible or not, I strongly believe depends on citizens. If citizens exert enough pressure on politicians, everything becomes feasible. And also depends on numbers. So send more women into parliament, send more women into assemblies. Greater numbers, greater voices, greater power. And on that note, thank you very much. All the ladies here on stage have been wonderful and a wonderful audience. Let's hope in the next election we will have even more women. And the next debate we have even more women on stage. Maybe some thank of you. them are coming. Yeah, maybe yeah. some of them. Angelica will be there. Angelica will definitely <laughs> thank you. Process.
Thank you.